A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Tucker Carlson is the new Donald Trump. Carlson is throwing bombs, making online memes, offending millions of people, tapping into white male rage and resentment. When can people plan an indoor wedding? You know, that's a, that's a good question. And I think that's going to be within a reasonable period of time. You know, I, I can't give you that exact date. But that six right. foot requirement, that's one of the main hurdles to reopening schools. Right. Does this study suggest right. to you that and three feet is good enough? It does indeed, and that's exactly the point I'm making, Chuck. What the CDC wants to do is they want to accumulate data. But that six-foot requirement, Uh that's one of the main hurdles to reopening schools. Does this study suggest to you that three feet is good enough? It does indeed, and that's exactly the point I'm making, Chuck. What the CDC wants to do is they want to accumulate data. Was there some kind of a consensual romantic relationship with any of these women. My statement could not be clearer. I never harassed anyone. I never assaulted anyone. Uh, I never abused anyone. Uh, uh, so, uh, yes, I've been sleeping with the ladies in the office. And we are not surprised because the Cuomo's, Andrew Cuomo's game is testing people. And actually, Tapper had this right. He even said it, it was testing them. And that's what that is. You have a boyfriend? You ever sleep with uh, older uh, governors? Uh, you know, the whole thing is, I mean, any guy has on some level when subtly trying to hit on a woman, <coughs> not in the office, obviously, in a, or any professional setting, but somewhere else. I mean, these are the little crumbs you leave out there to see if she picks up on them. And especially, you know, because see, it's the subtlety is the entree of, uh, you know, the world of romance often. Times, especially if you're not really good looking. Uh, so that's that. So um, that is Andrew Cuomo. He He's um, keister, Alice. I'm using that for the first time in my life. <laughs> His keister uh-huh. is in a sling. And I believe that he is going to be finito this week. I think he is done. Uh, I, I think Schumer will fold on him at some point this week. And then he's, I don't think you think he's got too many more uh, holdouts. 
uh, Schumer. Who's the other Cong- uh, senator from New York? I thought Gillibrand and Schumer already caved. Did- uh, did Schumer cave? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Okay, I thought he was holding out, so maybe maybe he, he was, did. but maybe he didn't. So that was just this presser that uh, that Cuomo had last. Schumer and Gillibrand uh, joined Democrats urging Cuomo to resign okay, so ten hours was, ago. So the other, Senate, I think that was it. <laughs> so the other Cong- well, Nadler's there, and who's the other New York congressman? Uh, Gillibrand. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You just said it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, obviously De Blasio is loving the hell out of this because oh, the moron is, is suddenly the crosshairs are away from him. Isn't it incredible how two people can both be so terrible and yet completely different versions of terrible? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely. It, it's, it seems like De Blasio's just missing the predator gene. He's certainly an idiot and a stoner, <laughs> but he seems to be devoted to one wife, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what's interesting about Cuomo is that he's got no other residence. He's got nowhere to go to. Oh, really? So, yeah, if he leaves the the executive mansion, he's like... He's going to be crashing on Chris's sofa. Uh, yeah, maybe at the new <laughs> place uh, where he yelled at the guy for, you know, riding... Well, the over. police are investigating at least one of the charges. Maybe he'll be put up in a different state residence... So I like daylight savings times. I don't care what ta- daylight saving time. I don't care what people say. I like the fact that I'm looking out this window right now. I can't move the cameras. Or else I'll also yell because she spent 48 minutes adjusting <laughs> cameras while dogs push them away. I was walking with our friend this morning, Stokey from Muskogee. Mm-hmm. Early walk, long five mile walk, Alice. I think yeah. you probably want to say that I look thinner. I think you do. Uh, thank you. And um, and he said, "What do you all do with the kids while you're doing the show?" He's a Southern. He's not just an idiot. But he's, and I said, uh, well, the kids either interrupt us and storm in, or they destroy the house, which is what they do. <laughs> yep. Uh, why did I bring that up? Because oh. you were on your walk with Stokey. Yeah, but what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. You look thinner. Okay, so we yes, but we were outside and having fun, and the weather is better, and I'm all for it. And I forgot my train of thought already on this. Uh, you like daylight saving time? Yeah. So, oh, let me get. To, let me just get to the Cuomo stuff, and I'll try to pick up the scraps of whatever <laughs> moronic thought that was. It okay. fell out of my head. Good. I don't like switching clocks, but I wouldn't mind. I don't really care which one we would pick, like, because, like, so, like in Arizona and Hawaii, I think daylight saving is permanent. Oh, really? So they they stopped changing clocks. They just only stay on daylight saving time all the time. The only problem with that up here. Um, would be that in the winter time, our kids would all be waiting out for the school bus in like the total darkness. Mm. But if they took the school bus anymore, but now we're out of the yeah. system, man. Well, I mean, Massachusetts kids would be taking the school bus in the dark, which is kind of an issue that they don't have in Arizona so much because they're so much further south. Point but. of privilege, Alice. Mm-hmm. I posted online on Facebook um, that uh, I posted my picture from my patty. My um, scuba diving oh, right. uh, yes. certification. Mm-hmm. It was my membership card to Patty, open water diver. My okay. certification. And a few people immediately, including one who's, I think, probably just a creepy person, <laughs> said, hey, dummy, uh, you know, may, brought up the fact that I've got my... And if, if you're a listener, you're not the creepy one. The creepy one's a different guy. The, I don't know how I know him. I don't... But, but anyway, people brought up... That dummy, as people are going to steal my identity, because it's got my name and date of birth. Well, doesn't didn't 
150,000 people on Facebook, to my horror, say <laughs> happy birthday to me on January 8th? Yes. So isn't my name and birthday pretty much widely known? If anybody wants to, if you have the misfortune of stealing my identity uh, with the assumption that your credit score is going to increase. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. But it's like, it's, it's, it's a patty certification from 1992. If you can roll that, spin that into assuming a life as me... <laughs> As if that was a smart thing to do, and it's not, but you'll find out soon enough, as soon as they start repoing all your stuff. If you could do that, that would be remarkable. 1992, I think, is almost 30 years ago now. Yes. And that is a... I don't remember what other information I gave them in 92 when I was uh, you know, filling out the PADI form, but I don't think my routing number or social security number were required. Well, so, like, the idea is, though, that, you know, somebody could go to, like, your password for something, right? And mm -hmm. it would ask you, like, and say reset password, and it would ask, like, for your email address and your date of birth or whatever, like, a few pieces of information mm -hmm. to know if it could try and reset your password. So then, yeah, and people always say that whenever those things go around, too, that are, like... Your rapper name is the street you grew up on and your favorite teacher's name or something, you know, and that's because those are like security questions that a lot of people have. Yeah. So like <clears throat> then like they could. But I, I agree with you. I don't know how. So as, gonna steal uh, just, your identity it's just from coincidence. But all of my passwords are rooted around my dive <laughs> certification from 92. So maybe. But it's so funny. So so I look online and it has this Patty like Patty. Um. Um, personal information thing, and mm -hmm. so you can go to the Patty website and put in your number. Mm -hmm. And so I used my, the picture, my card, put in my number, and boop, upcoming my name and class of '92 came so is, up. Is your picture in there too, or just no, no just, the, just the, the name? So it's up there. So, but that's that's interesting. Not in yeah, no, not, not that anybody cares. But, you know, I, I just I, I also it does peeve me a little bit. It's like you. Know, you gave me your name and birth. Now they're going to steal your ID. First of all, somebody didn't even need that to get all my unemployment checks from last year when they stole yeah. my ID for that. I don't well, even Well, that was done with like mass. They did thousands of them. It was done en masse by organized criminals. It was, they just signed up. But I'm up calling for out like the personality type that talks about this okay. stuff too and says it. Because remember, like seven years ago, I on, on, on Facebook, I, 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 my best friend was from Melrose in 1979. And mm -hmm. I remember his phone number. It was 665-1948. And I, I found his mother on Facebook where we said hi on Facebook. And and uh, and she, or she responded to a thread whenever I said, oh, my God, Susan, how are you doing? I, I, I miss you. And I miss your son. He was so fun, whatever. And I said, I even remember the phone number, 665-1948. <laughs> and suddenly out of the blue, oh, my God, you just doxed somebody. Tom, you can't give her phone number out. I said, that phone number is from 1979. <laughs> She hasn't lived in that house for 48 years or now. Or in this state, even. No. that doesn't, And it doesn't even include a prefix, the phone number. Right. We didn't have them back then. You know, everybody, take a pause for a beat and just decide whether it's necessary to, you know, to, for, to, you know, to lord it over everybody how, uh, how unwise I am. It's like the kind of guy, like, if you're changing a tire or trying to fix something at lawnmower or whatever... And like your neighbor, you can feel the presence as you're trying to fix a lawnmower like I would, clean a filter or something. 
I have no idea what I'm doing at all. And th- there's always a guy who knows everything, mm-hmm. who lives on every street, who's like going to make it his business to mosey over. And you can feel him coming. I can feel him coming. And we had one everywhere we've lived, except for now. You can feel him coming. And then generally he'll like stand over, like, get on one knee and look at, at like the work you're doing. See, it's like, I hope you're not trying to change the distributor cap on that. <laughs> you know, he'll put that out there. So I have to engage. Like, Jesus God. God, just, oh sorry, Thomas. sorry. And so I'm um, like, oh yeah, um, is is it wrong? He said, well, it, you're doing the right thing if you want to crack the engine block. Like, oh, shut up! Can you just stay in your house? And let me fail at this thing without having to come out here and feel good about yourself. You know, I, were there were there no non prefix phone numbers on Facebook for you to <laughs> challenge or uh, you know people's. Uh, uh, scuba diving certification cards from 30 years ago that you could point out that you saw a guy having trouble with the lawnmower and so this is my opportunity to feel important and like I know something. I gotta hate those people. Okay. Uh, Cuomo uh, was asked by a reporter last week. They did, they did these phoner reporter questions. An interesting question. He's asked about... Um, being intimate with staff, quite frankly, and listen to his answer. I think the question that a lot of us have is, was there some kind of a consensual romantic relationship with any of these women? Did you understand the question, Ms. Shattuck? Yes. The reporter's asking if he had a consensual romantic relationship with any of these women. Good. Sounds clear enough. That you understood? My statement could not be clearer, I think. I never harassed anyone. I never assaulted anyone. Uh, I never abused anyone uh, to the extent you get these people who say, well, he took a picture with me and I was uncomfortable. I apologized for that. So there you go. What does that mean to you, Alice? Now, you can ask, I want you to ask me uh, how many people at my job I've been intimate with. Um, how many people at your job have you been intimate with tom now is this counting other departments other than my own department yes okay none no times zero none zero that is the answer you haven't had a consensual no there were some pictures that were uncomfortable no like you know if the answer is no then it's no if the answer is not no then it's the crap that he just you know spat out right. there so this is only gonna get more interesting he is finito he is done Along those lines, I mean, he really should. It's the it, I want to see the guy do time. I'm sorry about that, Alice. I bet he do. Well, he might. I mean, this. So, so let me just hit this uh, Mark Levin stuff before we get to this because okay, uh, this is a, a phone call that Mark Levin took last year, last last Mark March 26th, from a, a person in the know. I don't get it. Why do we get it and they don't? <clears throat> Elaine, New Rochelle, New York, the great WABC. Go. Now, that's the epi of epicenters. Go ahead. Yes, hello. Thank you very much for taking mm-hmm. my call. Um, I wanted to bring to your attention and the listeners' attention to, uh, what it's about to happen in New York uh, with respect to nursing homes. And uh, the governor has ordered that all nursing homes must accept uh, COVID-positive patients that are actually uh, potentially still infectious into, um, into their facilities. And this will um, put our residents, our long-term care population. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, is this, are you pulling my leg seriously? No. Why would you send 
somebody who has this virus into a population that can kill people. Thank you. No, no, are well, you serious? I'm, I'm, I am serious. Well why, well, why would he order this? I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Memo, well, because, because the hospitals, well, first of all, in, you know, I, I will uh, point out that nursing homes are in the habit of accepting patients from hospitals to continue their care after their... They may be in the habit, but they must realize now that the most vulnerable people among us are senior citizens. And nursing homes, these are people that have issues. And so I'm trying to understand uh, the point of this. What is the point of this? I'm looking at a directive from Andrew Cuomo and Howard Zucker dated March 25th that is ordering nursing homes... It says nursing homes must comply with the expedited receipt of residents uh, from hospitals. They are deemed appropriate to go into the nursing homes by the hospitals, and we cannot discriminate based on the presence of COVID. And that's it. And that's how he's been managing this crisis. So there you go. We knew from the beginning. There were media reports from the beginning that that this was happening as well. In some states... (laughs) <laughs> also, we're getting told to do this by some people when they were saying that the hospitals were going to be overrun and didn't do it. Connecticut didn't do this. You know, they chose not to. Right. So they it, didn't have all their state's people in nursing homes die. Right. DeSantis also uh, played this totally differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it, it, I mean, this guy, is it's so interesting. Uh, after a year, you can finally look back and see what was going on. It's very telling. Uh, this is not a good guy. I don't think he was intentionally trying to murder people. But uh, no, I mean, I think he was making the decision for the reason. Like, I think he was getting told the hospitals were going to be overrun. I don't think he wanted to give Trump credit with mm-hmm. the comfort ship. Right. You don't give Trump a victory with the comfort ships whatsoever because Trump is going to claim it on Twitter the moment he sees it on CNN. Um, speaking of CNN. This is great, and I'm glad you flagged this uh, audio. Brian Stelter has decided, whose ratings are plummeting, he has decided to <laughs> rebrand himself with um, with uh, his his uh, is it a rapist wit, Alice? Rapier wit. Okay, a rapist wit <laughs> might be something where we, your mind is, we may though. want to want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe we'll edit that out. Okay. So. Are you sure it's not rapist wit? It's rapier, like the weapon. What's a rapier? It's a type of sword. Hmm. I'll uh, fact check that it's later. It's sharp. <laughs> See, like a wit. Really? <laughs> yes. Yes. As I was saying, the rapier wit. Um, that Brian Stelter has now adopted a new personality where he's going to throw down with his uh, natural gift of uh, humor like Tucker does, and he's giving it right back to Tucker. This is such this a sign of a show. Even the lead, the writing of this, the writing that he, the script he's about to read, the lead is big and strong. It's meant. This is meant to be viral. This is Stelter now. It is ste- viral, but not for stepping the right aside from his position as the thoughtful media analyst and really uh, engaging, giving both guns back to Tucker, who belittles him in a. <laughs> In a fashion that calls into question his gender, I think, uh, often, and his manhood, <laughs> very often, is very... <laughs> I think Tucker... Was he, Did you say that last night, that Tucker's a comedy show? 
Yes. <laughs> he is a comedy show. He his head writers it's must the be best comedians. Comedy show on TV, actually. <laughs> well, Stelter has had enough of this. Tucker Carlson is the new Donald Trump. Tucker has taken Trump's place as a right-wing leader, as an outrage generator, as a fire starter. And it's all happening on Fox, just like Trump's campaign did. Which means Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch are ultimately responsible. This is great, because first of all, Stelter has revved his voice up, and he's very indignant now, and he's, he's more pointed and angry than ever. And he now is hitting Tucker, or attempting to hit, He's really slapping in a playground in an ineffective way. Tucker, he's trying to. Tucker and Lachlan and Rupert Murdoch, the way Tucker goes after Stelter and Jeff mm -hmm. Zucker. But I don't think this is believable. This is his assuming this role of angry, angry, um, uh, you know, anchor desk who's just about had enough. Eh. I mean, think about all the ways these two men are similar. Every day, Carlson is throwing bombs, making online memes. Yes, one's been a lifelong media guy, pundit, right-wing thinker. The other one designed golf courses, bought real estate in New York. One is hugely articulate. One is inarticulate. One is a devout Christian with a thousand kids. The other guy has a bunch of kids, too, but he's not a Christian, really. Come on. It has a totally different set of values. One is a learned, ideological, conservative. conservative. One is a populist, I guess, uh, you know, with a hybrid. Right, exactly. Think of all the ways they're similar. I have, Ryan, and I'm coming up with none of them whatsoever. One has really good hair. One has terrible hair. I can't think of any way these two are similar. Well, right, but isn't that just how the left operates is they can't, um, and I mean, people on the right are certainly guilty of this too, where you paint everyone on the opposite ideological side of, from you as being essentially the same thing. Like they just, there are shades, if you're within the conservative movement, there are a lot of shades of difference between like what Ted Cruz is, what Rand Paul is, what John Kasich is, what Trump is, what Tucker Carlson is, what Ben Shapiro is, but you know, to someone on the left, they just see all that and think it's all the same thing. You know, to us, it's very different because we're in that. I don't think that's. But I, don't, but I, don't I you know, I spend a lot of time like I follow tons of different people online from all across the ideological spectrum because I like seeing like what it looks like on the inside of it, like how they talk to each other and how different factions see each other. But, you know, a lot of conservatives think that way, too. Everybody's just a liberal. And it, it to them, it's just like. You know, is this person more conservative or less conservative? Like, they don't, like, they think Trump is, like, a really, is very conservative or something, which he's really not. No, what they're saying is that they're saying, I can't believe it. Tucker said something mean about Dr. Fauci. We all love Fauci, right? Don't we all love, I was just listening to NPR this morning with all of that sound and the nice music and the really smart people and the hopeful network. And they said good things about Fauci, and they, but how could anybody say anything bad? They're shocked that both people are saying things that don't uh, align precisely with their own beliefs. And to them, those are shocking, insulting, and harmful things to be said. Mm -hmm. Those are insulting things. Bad, wrong about Fauci? He wants. To, wait a second. He he doesn't. He he's defending the electoral college. He wants there to be voting standards in every state. Those are oppressive things. Jim Crow era. I don't understand. This is. I, I don't give merit to this. I think Stelter 
is probably mm-hmm. smart enough to know better. Stelter is simply wrote a lead and has to be all in for it <laughs> because this is the new Stelter. He's going to try to be razzle-dazzle now during his uh, show, and it's not going to work. He's offending millions of people, also delighting millions of others, tapping into white male rage and Here resentment, uh, stoking uh, distrust of big tech in the media. Generally... Why shouldn't there be distrust over big tech? Since when is the left... The left used to hate Bill Gates and big tech. They hated Microsoft. They hated them. They were dragging them out in front of Congress every second they could. Bill Gates was bad. Netscape was good. Andreessen was good. And the fact that they would force everybody to carry Internet Explorer was an evil thing on these uh, on uh, PCs. It was a horrible, in the, in the early and mid-90s, that was the, the talk, that how evil this was. Mm-hmm. To, to think, big tech, why? Why is that so good? Okay, is big tech, is parlor good? Or is just really big tech good? Mm-hmm. Coarsening the discourse, never... Coarsening the discourse. He didn't foist... Wasn't Tucker talking about Russian uh, uh, prostitutes in the Ritz-Carlton for all these years? Wasn't Tucker talking about all of the business interests in tr- uh, Trump's tax returns, which showed that he was uh, in the rears to Putin and all these people? That wasn't Tucker. That was this guy and his buddies. It was Tucker talking about Cuomo and nursing homes. And while he was doing that, of course, people like this guy, Stelter, were saying, oh, my God, he's being so divisive. He's going after a, he's going after a governor doing it right. That's so divisive. Meanwhile, Stelter was not doing his job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Stelter's uh, you know, workmate, the other Cuomo, was, was just doing PR for his brother. Yeah, he was selling his brother and his, his brother's his brother's approach to handling the COVID crisis, doing PR for him, and now that he has the opportunity, since he has uh, you know an in with his brother, to do real reporting with his brother, they've taken him off covering his brother. Wow. Right. Exactly. And you know, they also made a celebrity of Michael Avenatti talking about coarsening the discourse, completely smeared Kavanaugh with ridiculous stuff that. Definitely coarsened the discourse. I mean, I... Well, oh, no, remember, Stelter just mentioned memes. Remember the meme maker that CNN had had enough with and doxed mm-hmm. him, went after him? Yeah. You know, some Threatened dude... Threatened to dox him unless he apologized because Trump happened to tweet a meme he made. Apologizing for anything and setting the GOP's agenda. Sounds like a recently retired president, right? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it literally doesn't. I know all. that. I know you wrote the lead, and everybody's in the room. All the dumb, thirty-four and younger interns and you know associate producers there were like, "Oh my god, that's really strong, Brian. The new you is going to be such a difference maker here. That was really strong. You're disrupting the entire platform now. Awesome, but it's not good. It's not. Mm-hmm. He locked himself into this, and it's not good. It's not. Doesn't the facts don't bear any of this stuff out? The only thing that makes Tucker the new Trump is that. The entire left and the media industrial complex have all decided that he's the new target of their 10-minute hate this week. So that's that's the only thing he has in common is that they're becoming strangely unhinged about him. Yeah, actually, I I don't – yeah, no. Even before the 2020 election, there was informed speculation about – Here's Mr. Journalist using informed speculation. (laughs) Not just – Random speculation. How about you get a source? How about you have something solid? Solid, informed speculation. That'll do. Uh, Carlson as a 2024 candidate. 
Of course, some of Carlson's detractors say he's just a troll. He's just really good at ticking people off. But I don't even know if his detractors would say that. He's just yeah. really good at ticking people off. If, if you're a detractor, you wouldn't say that. You would say that he has outdated and dangerous conservative views, maybe. Mm-hmm. You could say that he's a child of privilege. and so that You could say a thousand things. You wouldn't say he's just a troll. Tucker Carlson, If even if you hate him and believe that he is wrong on every issue, you wouldn't say he's just a troll and good at ticking people off. His monologue, yeah. the writing in his show is the best writing in television. It's hard work pulling off what Tucker pulls off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to believe, you can even say he's a hack if you want to, but he's a hard working hack. Isn't yeah. that what they said about Trump for years? No, what? <laughs> yes, Tucker is known to critique Trump and the Republican Party. From- well, then I believe that torpedoes everything you've been saying now for the past minute and 10 seconds. Yes, he he's happy to not be like Trump because Trump never critiques Trump, but Tucker does. And the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Time to time. This time last year, he was at Mar-a-Lago trying to convince Trump to take COVID more seriously. Well, it, is this a testimonial for <laughs> Tucker or a critique of Tucker <laughs> I now? Know. What are we saying about Tucker? What does that prove exactly? So wait a second. So Trump last year wasn't taking COVID uh, seriously, but Tucker's so much like him that Tucker was taking it seriously. And Tucker... Because Trump was thinking so such in the opposite direction as Tucker went to Mar-a-Lago to convince him. Doesn't that belie the original premise of this uh, monologue? They are not the same person. <laughs> one believed in COVID, one didn't. But Tucker tells the same conspiratorial us versus them story that Trump told. The same they're out to get you story that Trump told for years. <laughs> yes, and a lot of it panned out. Yeah, they were out to get him. It was right on CNN. They brought in Leonard, the, the Bernstein and Woodward every second they could. And they made up a narrative and, and, and cultivated and, and prolonged this narrative. The self awareness is just the. It, is there such a thing as negative self awareness? I don't know, um, because it's incredible. I've never seen a person while attacking somebody say that they have a narrative that I'm out to get them. Right. This person's terrible. I'm going to use my cable, my primetime cable news show to explain to you why this person is terrible. And one of the reasons he's terrible is he thinks people like me are out to get him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like what? And these, this person's terrible because he was, uh, pro, he was um, you know, creating unfounded theories. At the same time, I have some people in the know who tell me that Tucker was thinking of running in 2024, by the way. Well, what are you doing then? That's your own unfounded theory. (laughs) Unsourced people in the know. It's the paranoid style in American politics all over again. And Tucker now soaks up some of the same social media fury that Trump did. He soaks the same... same Soaks up. (laughs) He soaks it up. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't say he magnetically attracts it. (laughs) <laughs> much like Trump, Tucker is not on Twitter. Well, I guess now that's true. Neither of them are. Tucker's not really on Twitter. Mm-mm, he doesn't tweet. He doesn't do social Twitter media, person. really. Trump does. It's another reason why they're exactly not alike. Bates that Trump did. And it raises the same predicament that Trump raised five or six years ago. Whether and how to cover his claims. I mean, here's just some of what Tucker did in a single week this past week. He said to cover his claims. 
Incredible. An opinion guy on Fox. Whether and how should we cover his claims? <laughs> you don't have I'm to cover to... him at all. You yeah, can he's just fine. go on with your day. You, you can do have... your own show that's not about him if you want to. Service members are a mockery to the U.S. military and claim to the U.S. has a national masculinity crisis. Is there any more uh, detail that's needed there, Brian? Any more context or no? And when military officials rebuked his comments, he flipped out and doubled down. Did he flip out? <laughs> I remember the Tucker, famous Tucker flip out. Him yelling at the cameraman and throwing his microphone at the key grip or whatever it is. He precisely did not flip out. One of Tucker's things is that he doesn't flip out. Tucker also spent an entire segment berating a New York Times reporter because she had the audacity to call out online harassment. First of all, he didn't berate any reporter. That reporter was not on set with him. He wasn't berating anybody. He was calling out a gossip reporter who uses cheap tactics to try to destroy careers. She uses her platform for that. So he called her to the carpet on it, and suddenly that's him berating a New York Times reporter for doing her job. There was no berating. And then he blasted the Times for defending her. He blasted the Times. I understand. Listen, Stelter and staff, I understand you've all... I assume we had the riot act read by Zucker, but just calm down with the verbiage we're using here. Berating, blast, blasted. I heard they used uh, rapist wit in one of their <laughs> uh, segments. It's rap here, by the way, Stelter and crew. He tried to rewrite history about George Floyd's death and said American leaders used Floyd to enshrine, quote, open racism in nearly all of our institutions. Um, he's right. Tucker was wrote, it, the, the I hate to tell you, CNN and half of the world, but... It's appearing more and more like George Floyd died of a drug overdose, which is why some of the charges have been changed on George Floyd. Um, uh, is this a commercial for Tucker Carlson? Like, did Tucker yeah. have to pay them for this advertisement for his show? And he mocked Meghan Markle, and he defended Piers Morgan, et cetera, et cetera. Wait, so which one is allowed to be mocked and which one is allowed to be How is that a sin? <laughs> he mocked Meghan Markle, the truth-telling good person. It's no, you don't even, I mean, that's not up for debate. And he defended Piers Morgan, who actually, I believe, worked for CNN. <laughs> are you not allowed to mark me? So what are the rules in CNN? You don't mock Meghan Markle. My God, she made she made, she made credible claims that are uncorroborated as anything. I self- mean, who cares? Even if, even if um, she is telling the truth and is a great person, how is the fact that Tucker Carlson mocked her, like, is that... Is that not okay yeah, for is that opinion un- people <clears throat> to mock public figures? Is that not allowed? Rich royals can you mock and which ones can't you mock? Speaking of Meghan Markle, did you see the story I sent you about her? Yes. Let's, it's, as soon okay. as we finish this, let's do that. The list goes on and on. and it all The list goes on and on. I have more stuff that uh, doesn't really fly <laughs> and is uh, total non sequitur, as a matter of fact. All is because of these individuals on screen. What Tucker wants is attention. What Rupert Murdoch and Lachlan Murdoch want for him is attention. As this headline put it, Tucker is the post-Trump MAGA champion. Okay, dummy, that's it for him. He tried. Good try, good try Brian. Appreciate it. Stick with your normal milquetoast smarm. I think that's probably as, as, uh, as uh, high as far as the Peter Principle allows you to achieve. Go ahead with Meghan Markle update. Meghan Markle is uh, networking. Is it Peter Principle or Peter Peter. Peter's the activist group. Yes. What is? Why is it Peter? Um, it's named after a person, maybe a character or a 
Not from Brady Bunch. No. There were other Peters? Um, <clears throat> I can look for it. Dun, Hang on. Dun, 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 uh, it's named after... It's named after Lawrence J. Peter, who uh, came up with the concept of it. Yes. I know. So it's the Peter. Oh, I have to. Oh, I have to tweet out. I I will put on. I will be socialing one of Alice's report cards very soon. (laughs) I've got I've got some evidence. Um. Okay. So, uh, Meghan Markle. The good news is for all the people that love Meghan Markle that um she has been in talks with um with senior Democrats and fundraising groups um to explore a run for president in 2024. Really? She wants to be the first female president, which will not happen because Kamala Harris is going to be the first female president. Yeah. In a not very long time, I would guess. Um and uh but she's saying uh that the bleh, not she's saying. Page six is saying that um, the Blairite internationalists and Democrat Party networks are buzzing with talk about Megan's political ambitions and potential backers. That's from an honest source. She's 39. She's looking at the 2024 campaign. This is why she didn't want to give up her British citizenship. So um, now we have foreign royalty deciding to run for U.S. president. So just is- like Tucker. <laughs> All right, let's go to Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci was with Chuck Todd this weekend. And, uh, Fauci is in charge of all social events in the United States and freedom of movement from sea to sh- shining sea. So Tuck, uh, Todd asked him a question about a, uh, speaking of happy marriages, about f- uh, future nuptials for free Americans, somewhat free Americans, depending on whether Anthony Fauci wants them to be free. When can people plan an indoor wedding? You know, that's it. That's a good question. And I think that's going to be within a reasonable period of time. You notice what the CDC is doing? They gave. uh, Excuse me, I didn't hear what you said. This calendar year? What what time of the year? Yeah. You know, I. Communication back and forth. Yeah, what time of the year? I can't give you that exact date because it's going to absolutely depend. And this gets back to our, our conversation a minute or two ago. Let me tell you something. The Dr. Anthony Fauci and the CDC don't get to decide when we can have weddings. Yeah. No. They he, this guy is not an elected leader. Either are his bureaucratic idiots in the, the CDC. They don't get to decide. You know, we're not comfortable with no. Screw a vous. Enough of this. This guy is such a con man. It's going to depend on the level of infection in community. If we plateau and stay at 60,000 a day and go up with a peak, I mean, you can make no prediction. If we keep going down and get to a very, very low level, when we're there and we have a good proportion of the people vaccinated, I think you're going to see weddings in the normal way that we've seen it within a reasonable period of time. But there's always the caveat right. that it's not going to happen if all of a sudden you have a surge. So in other words, you're going to need Tony Fauci around to mm-hmm. consult on this question. Well, and it's interesting that he says there's no way to make any predictions because I seem to recall him having made predictions about things over the past year or so. 
Yeah, but those were all blown away because we wouldn't wear masks and social distance because mm. we had disappointed them. Guidance for social distancing, for how far people should be, there's a, there's a discrepancy. Some places, some health organizations say three feet or a meter is enough. But here in the United States, we say right. six feet. Okay, now hold on. Let the record show this is this is today. It's Monday. It was last yesterday for you. This is the State of the Union show with Jay Tavern. Right now, uh, in the seconds leading up to this question, the guidance is six feet in schools. Six feet in schools. Six feet in schools. Has to be six feet in schools because if it's not six feet in schools, then... Uh, then all they, the teachers will die. All the teachers die and the kids will give it to grandparents and all the par- grandparents, everybody will die. There will be the spread of COVID. Mm-hmm. That is the rule. Six feet, six feet, six feet. There's this new study from researchers in Massachusetts just out this week. It found no significant difference in coronavirus spreading in schools where there was six feet of distancing versus three feet of distancing. But that six-foot requirement, that's one of the main hurdles to reopening schools. Right. Does this study suggest to you that three feet is good enough? It does indeed. And Well, but Jesus! (laughs) Holy God! Glad I asked! Oh, my God! (laughs) <laughs> what else do, didn't you tell us yet that we know? Oh my, that seems like a really pivotal thing for probably tens of millions of kids and tens of millions of parents. Well, does the, the, the teachers union know that it's safe now? Did they know? Suddenly, we're down... It's gone from six to three. That means you can fit more tables and chairs in the schools. Mm-hmm. You can open the schools and we can do teaching in the schools and open the world and stop mm-hmm. the kids harming themselves and stop all this depression and mental illness and, and make families whole again. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Tapper asked. What if he didn't ask? This is incredible. What a revelation. Unless, of course, the off possible chance that Fauci's just learning from the, you know, was was on his... Uh, was on his heels because he maybe he didn't know about the thing or, you know, he didn't want to refute or whatever. You know, or perhaps he did know about it. Uh, and maybe that's one reason he went out there today because a certain huge and powerful institution has just been written a check. And suddenly, now the teachers' unions just got their billions, six became three. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's interesting, too, because this whole thing, doesn't it just show that there was, that even though we were all lectured to about believing science and six feet and you have to be six feet apart because that's science, this is the science says mm-hmm. six feet, science says six feet, la la la, believe science. Uh, doesn't this mean that there was never any data to show that six feet was any different than any other number you could pick they just picked a number at random and said like we'll tell them to be this far <laughs> apart <laughs> i guess that was one of those judgment calls anybody want to um let's just um let's just spitball here uh 20 feet uh, i don't know three uh, <laughs> i mean it's 18 reason stan what do you think um six six sounds good sound good to you guys all right let's break for lunch I mean, but, it stands to reason. Like, it makes sense to me that the further away that you are from somebody, the less likely you are to get a disease from them. Like, that kind of, like, follows logic, right? The, the less, <laughs> yes, the, 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 the chances of any kind of interactional um, malady happening mm-hmm. diminish. You're far less likely to stab somebody else. <laughs> You're likely to cough on somebody else. You're, like, you're more or less likely to step on somebody else's toe. 
<laughs> All sorts right. of things. Right. Thank so- God. What does the CDC do in but, Fauci do all day? What are the, other than the, the TV hits where he calls Jake Tapper Chuck and Chuck <laughs> Todd Jake uh, constantly, what, what do they do? So what do they do? Guys, so while we're sitting here on TV constantly in green rooms, so a little outfit, an outfit like the uh, like the Pentagon for, for Biden, a little outfit just in Massachusetts just did a uh, study. Maybe we should read it and make that the new thing. It's like, what do you do then? Thank right. God the Massachusetts people did a study. Well, what I want to know, so right now, the reason Massachusetts was able to do this study is because their guidance for the schools was like six feet if you can, but, you know, you can do three feet if you need to, if that's the only way to get the kids in school. So they were able to do this study. What wasn't compared, and I'm curious what would happen if they did compare it, what if schools didn't do any distancing? Do you think that the spread of COVID would be different in those schools? No. I mean, who knows? It probably not. Probably not. I'm It's really interesting to me to see um you know, when once this is all done, once it's all shaken out, I'd be really interested to see um some people do some analysis of whether all these measures that we were told to do did anything at all. Oh, we know where this is going. <laughs> the CDC finally released some guidelines for people who have been fully vaccinated. Um but those people Any breaking news for the fans, Alice? Um, Tom has been partially vaccinated. I've been partially vaccinated today, which is funny, odd to me, because I have high blood pressure, and as far as I know, that's just one comorbidity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I qualified. Because, yeah, you needed a second one. I needed a second one, but I got in with one, apparently. If you can think of what the second one uh, might be. Yeah, I signed him up. I don't understand how they didn't screen me out when I got there, too, because there was only one listed, which was high blood pressure. Pressure. And what other possible thing could there be that got me through the door? So, yes. Do you have diabetes? No, I don't have diabetes. No, I'm a picture of health, so I don't know what's going on. Hmm. So, I got my, uh, yeah, I got my thing. This is what you need to know. I, uh, I, you, I had headphones listening to a podcast. I actually was listening to Face and Asian with Fauci, which I felt <laughs> sick about, because here I go, I'm walking and get my vaccine with idiot in my ears. And you got your Fauci ouchie. Don't say that else. Don't ever say that. You're that, that's terrible. <laughs> you, you can say you got your Trump shot. How about that? Ooh, okay. So I got so so anyway. So in my car, I lost my phone in my car. So my headphones don't work. I walk away from the car. The the, the reception is leaving my headphones. I'm like I can't believe this. I can't I can't find my. So I have to get rid of my headphones and my couldn't find my phone in there. So they make you after you get your shot they make you sit in a room for 15 minutes and if you sit in a room for 15 i was prepared to be listening to podcasts and be on the web during this but i lost my phone in my car because why wouldn't i and so i had to for 15 minutes sit there and not have anything to do it was like the the oddest thing i had nothing i didn't have a beer i didn't have like i couldn't i had enough pistachios i didn't have a mobile phone to look at the internet i had no noise in my ears because the phone was gone i had nothing i had the literature about the pfizer vaccine which grew uh boring quickly but that was it so i had to look around and like look at the vending machines and like oh wow it's like diet sprite <laughs> is back over here over there they don't have that one and that one and like i thought should i go to the bathroom or i don't want to bring my paperwork into the bathroom and then come <laughs> out and I, I didn't need to go to the bathroom 
And like I, I just looking around, it was me and a guy who was 104 to my left, and both of us had nothing to do. And just looking and thinking, and then eventually I just started counting. <laughs> and I was just, here we go, counting. Thankfully, I've been, thankfully since I've been, oh, I also had to have a mask on too, so I'm mildly suffocating the whole time. But 15 minutes takes a long time and you have nothing. I was totally deprived of all the stuff I could do. I didn't have kids to lie to. Uh, I didn't have uh, Alice to uh, to ask for something from. Um, and it's probably I, I, really good for you. You probably should just like sit with solitude every once in a while. It's not solitude is no good. It's very alone-y, Alice. You may not know. That. I know, but that's when like that's when thinking can happen. So I got mm, <laughs> that never leads to anything good. So I got my first vaccine. Now, I understand that probably more of you deserve the vaccine more than me, and I agree with you. I got a vaccine because of pure gluttony, because <laughs> I was born into a country that allowed me for relatively few dollars to get corpulent because everything's so available to me, and I'm too much of a pig to get away from the trough. For fu- tr- is it trough or trough? Trough. Can't back away from the trough for freaking like a week or two weeks at all, and so I don't deserve the vaccine. I agree. There should be measures in there to keep this purely gluttonous away from it. But Alice signed me up and I got one of the things. And the shot in the arm was mildly interesting. The nurse was nice. <laughs> well, you might get um, a little bit sick tomorrow, but probably more likely after the second shot, they say. Okay. Well, let's hope. That should be my penance. People are still not allowed to have medium-sized gatherings. They're still not allowed to travel, according to the CDC. Why? 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 What do you as a health expert need to see to say it's okay for vaccinated individuals to travel or to be in a crowd? I mean, it's it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Well, well, Jake, let me tell you how how it goes with regard to the CDC. The CDC is a science based organization. (laughs) Jesus. Uh... So they really would like to get the data that would allow them to go to the next step. If They don't have the data. They'll do modeling. If they don't have the modeling, they will use, as you say, common sense expert opinion. I would like to be in the room for that when that's happening. When the common sense, who are the experts in common sense? Who are these people? And if they all live in a Washington, D.C. bubble and they're all making $400,000, I get the feeling that some of the uh, some of their thinking patterns may not align with the common sense of everyday Americans. They might have the kind of common sense that tells you that we can't fully liberate people because that could be troublesome because people might start, uh, you know, congregating again. I, what are you doing? I'm nodding to you. You've been adjusting yourself in a very pretty and feminine way, but still. (laughs) Who are the common sense people? Why are you looking? <laughs> I don't know. I just you get I think upset if I don't react enough to what you say, honey. <laughs> I think you're caught in the. I think you're caught now in the <laughs> a trap of now knowing that that camera is looking, and then now. No, that's not are you what's sure? Up. That's not what's up. No. Well, you look lovely today. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. And you look I've, lovely too. You know what? It's called healthy living, else. So what we've seen was the first installment of what you can do if you're vaccinated. And that's what you just mentioned, what you can do in the home setting with a vaccinated. No, no, we don't. We're not doing the first installment of what you can do with your vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you're out of the game. 
I'm leaving your club now, Mr. Fauci. I am a free man now. <laughs> this is not I get to have to go back in the hole or clean the cafeteria anymore. I'm gone now. I no longer <laughs> play Mr. Fauci's neighborhood. I've left your neighborhood now. It's over. We're going to give you a set of criteria that we look at the data. People together or vaccinated people with an unvaccinated person. You're going to see very soon similar types of guidelines for the American public with regard to travel, the workplace, uh, all kinds of. I want to punch the guideline team in the head. Can you imagine that? Guys, travel guidelines. Awesome. Let's get together. Zoom meeting. Oh, Cliff, really nice new background. Is that Cabo? Yeah. I mean, it's incredible because one year ago, the whole big discussion was that this was for two weeks and then we would stop the virus. And But people were saying at the time, like, we can't stop the country until there's a vaccine. That's crazy. We can't just stop doing what we're doing and just wait until there's a vaccine before we do anything again. Now it turns out yep. that not only do we stop the country until there's a vaccine, we keep it stopped after there's a vaccine. There wasn't going to be a vaccine for, for five years. <laughs> it was going to be five years. I know. Even last November, in the presidential debates, Biden's saying, Trump says, you know, the, the vaccine's going to be out in a few weeks. And Biden's going, no, no, the vast majority of the American public will not have access to a vaccine until at least the second half of 2021. Not possible. That's crazy talk. He's, you know, lying to get reelected. Now that we have a vaccine and we're going to have everybody vaccinated in the next couple months that wants to be. Now you're going to sit here and tell me that somehow Trump screwed up. Stop. No, we're we're going to have a vaccine. And look what's happening in Europe right now. France is about to shut down again. Italy already has shut down again. Their cases are spiking back up because they're run by incompetents who didn't negotiate good vaccine contracts. You know, maybe having Mr. I'm such a great negotiator there was a good thing after all because Europe screwed up. They don't have enough vaccines. And they're they're shutting their countries back down again. England is still open because they're actually vaccinating people because they're they cleverly enough managed to leave the EU before all this stupidity happened. You know, and the EU has been trying to stop shipments into England because they want to keep the vaccine for themselves and they can't. It's crazy. And it, so we're we're going to see very soon. We have nearly a third of the adult population vaccinated now. Um and we're going to see very soon what goes on, um, you know, in this country when um, when the cases start to spike back up in other parts of the world. And and we're going to see if it works or it doesn't work in real time. But, um, you know, like these variants that they're talking about in Europe, they, this was dominant in Israel and Israel has already seen the vaccine be very effective against these. All right, Alice, we have a, a bunch of small things to get to. First of all, I do want to go through. Um, a, a couple of things that I will ask you about. We don't okay. have time for everything, unfortunately. And we'll just move some of this stuff to tomorrow. Um, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Supposedly? Yes. Is now a word in the dictionary. And why is that? Because um, dictionaries are descriptive rather than prescriptive, so they describe the language as people use it. That's what I'm told. So we couldn't handle supposedly... And supposedly is now in the dictionary. Yes. How is rapist wit then not in the dictionary? This is BS. Does anybody say that except yes. you on this show right now? Yes. It, yes. It's a rapist mm. wit, Alice. 
It's uh, is it? I don't think. Yes, it is, it is dude. Is it? It seems it doesn't make a lot of sense oh, wait. to me. It was a f- scene in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's Dumber and rich, and uh, I'm good looking, and uh, I have a rapist wit. Maybe that's Dumber not a good sign. And uh, it's not a thing. Apparently, rapist wit it is a thing. No, it's Urban Dictionary. Dang. It's in Dumb and Dumber. Honey, what does that tell you? That's where I've learned a lot of my... That was college for me, Alice. <sighs> Improperly turned phrases. No, there is a rapist wit. It's under improperly turned phrases? Yeah. So that means that it's not... We're, we're going to add... Well, You're we'll, Mr. Supposedly now. That's what I'm calling you from <laughs> now on. So we're going to give that over to uh, the... Um, the barrel riders. So what are we calling the people? I don't know. We're gonna for you guys. You tell us what the if is. Am I wrong? This can't be right. This can't be true. All right. So the other thing that we have going on is I just want to get some small things. I mean, because you sent me very risque selfies when we first met. What uh, is going on with these selfies that I see with people holding their cameras taking selfies? So this is something that I learned this weekend. Why did you let me get away with the first part of that? I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to give it more oxygen that was tacit by discussing omission, it. omission, we call that. Tacit omission. I'm not going to give that oxygen, those claims. Um, so anyway, um, there's audio with this, if you would care to uh, enlighten our viewers. This is something that I learned this weekend on the Reddit group Instagram reality that posts about how things on Instagram are all fake. So I learned the secret to how Instagram influencers all look so amazing in their mirror selfies. You know, when they're like taking the picture with the camera in the mirror and that's so they're holding up the phone in the picture. It's really common. You see them all do this all the time, and it always looks so good. And, like, you know, you and I, normal people, when we take a mirror selfie, which I don't really do often. But, um, want to hear the uh, when audio? When you and I take a mirror selfie, we don't look that great. I don't so. take a mirror selfie, Alice. Do I? Well, maybe because you don't like how you look in them. So, but now you're going to know the secret of how they do the amazing mirror nice. selfies. Nice. This is, this is Kara Jewel. I'm gonna let you guys in on a top secret secret for all of the blogger mirror pictures you see. So have you ever noticed bloggers always get the most perfect mirror selfies? Like their mirrors are so clean. Never any smudges, never any marks. And typically they just have mirrors like everywhere, like across from basic white walls. She doesn't say like enough, I don't think. Seems like bloggers have a lot of mirrors. It just seems like they always have mirrors in the most convenient places with the best lighting and like I said, no smudges. So here's the secret. There is no mirror. All you need is a second phone or a spare camera. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna set up your phone on a tripod anywhere you want with any backdrop you want. I'm gonna use this linen sheet as my backdrop. Then you're gonna use your other phone as a prop. And then using self timer on your phone, you're gonna pose. And ta-da, what you get is a very crisp looking mirror selfie. Wow. for ages on all my Instagram posts. I mean, maybe it's not a secret, but whenever I found out, it really changed my game, so there you go change my game so we're a dumb country so that's what i'm gonna end phone, with by the way the B- phone Bill Maher. they're holding up is a lie it's all pretend they just hold up the phone to look like they're taking a picture in a mirror just like ordinary people but they're actually taking the picture with some other device that's nearby they don't have to be holding a phone at all and that is why as bill maher <laughs> says we are a silly people 
And finally, new rule, you're not going to win the battle for the 21st century if you are a silly people. And Americans are a silly people. That's the classic phrase from Lawrence of Arabia when Lawrence tells his Bedouin allies that as long as they stay a bunch of squabbling tribes, they will remain a silly people. Well, we're the silly people now. Do you know who doesn't care that there's a stereotype of a Chinese man in a Dr. Seuss book? China. All 1.4 billion of them could give a crouching tiger flying f- <laughs> Because they're not a silly people. If anything, they are as serious as a prison fight. Look, we all know China does bad stuff. They break promises about Hong Kong autonomy. They put Uyghurs in camps and punish dissent. And we don't want to be that. But it's got to be something between authoritarian government that tells everyone what to do and a representative government that can't do anything at all. In two generations, China has built 500 entire cities from scratch moved the majority of their huge population from poverty to the middle class and mostly cornered the market in 5G and pharmaceuticals. Oh, and they bought Africa. <laughs> their new Silk Road initiative is the biggest infrastructure project in history, indebting not just that continent, but large parts of Asia, Europe, and the Middle East to the people who built their roads, bridges, and ports. If you want to go anywhere in the world these days, you better have a yen for travel. <laughs> yeah, for travel. Oh, stop it. In China alone, they have 40,000 kilometers of high-speed rail. America has none. Our fastest train is the train that goes around the zoo. <laughs> California wanted to build high-speed rail connecting the entire state, but alas, could not. We're six billion in the hole just trying to finish the track connecting the vital hubs of Bakersfield and Merced. <laughs> one small step for nobody, one giant leap if you're a raisin. His, like, idiotic progressive crowd has no idea what any of this means. <laughs> On a national level, we've been having infrastructure... I just said like there, too. Dang it. Week, ...every week since 2009. But we never do anything. Half the country is having a never-ending woke competition deciding whether Mr. Potato Head has a... Ah, I missed that one. And Sorry. the other half believes we have to stop the lizard people because they're eating babies. We are a silly people. Even when we all agree on something, like getting rid of the penny... No. The inertia, the ass-covering, the graft, the lawyers, the cowardice. Nothing ever moves in this impacted colon of a country. We see a problem and we ignore it, lie about it, fight about it, endlessly litigate it, <laughs> sunset closet, kick it down the road, and then write a bill where a half-assed solution doesn't kick in for 10 years. China sees... China sees a problem and they fix it. They build a dam. We debate what to rename it. <laughs> That's why their airports look like this, and ours look like this. <laughs> in San Francisco, it took 10 years just to get two bus lines through environmental review. The big dig, a tunnel 
in Boston. Took 16 years. And don't get me started on my solar hookup. It's been over a thousand days. He has a little graph. China once put up a 57-story skyscraper in 19 days. They demolished and rebuilt the San Yuan Bridge in Beijing in 43 hours. We binge watch. They binge build. When COVID hit Wuhan, the city built a quarantine center with 4,000 rooms in 10 days, and they barely had to use it because they quickly arrested the spread of the disease. They were back to throwing raves in swimming pools. Well, we were stuck at home surfing the dark web for black market Charmin. (laughs) We're not losing to China. We lost. The returns just haven't all come in yet. They made robots that check a kid's temperature and got their asses back in school. Most of our kids are still pretending to take Zoom classes while they watch TikTok and their brain cells slowly commit ritual suicide. As George Bush once said, is our children learning? (laughs) There's a progressive trend now to sacrifice merit for equity. Colleges are chucking the SAT and ACT test, and in New York, Mayor de Blasio announced merit would no longer decide who gets into the schools for advanced learners but rather a lottery system. You think China's doing that, letting political correctness get in the way of nurturing their best and brightest? You think Chinese colleges are offering courses in the philosophy of Star Trek, the sociology of Seinfeld, and surviving the coming zombie apocalypse? Those are real, and so is China, and they are eating our lunch. And believe me, in an hour, they'll they'll be hungry again. Mm. All right, that's our show. So there you go. Bravo, Bill Maher. Before we go, Alice, before we go, we have to report a piece of sad news. Indeed. And unfortunately, I am. it is our heavy burden to report to you that Hank, <laughs> the guinea fowl, guinea hen if you'd like, has been with us almost a year now, Alice. Mm-hmm. Hank was murdered over the weekend by a gentleman named Farley. Well, it's actually a girl. a girl. Farley is our next door neighbor's great Dane. Farley laid waste to Hank in a vicious, unforeseen attack, <laughs> an attack on freedom itself. Uh, can you describe the play-by-play? <laughs> well, let me set it up for you. It was our daughter's tea party. <laughs> my my wife decided to have a tea party for my daughter. Outside, no, this was you, a school you, assignment. She planned oh, okay, the tea party. Okay, out, okay, it was outside. In a nice mm-hmm. little setting in the yard, in nice <laughs> chairs, table. You made butter beer and little Harry Potter sandwich. It was an ornate festival for ten-year-old girls. There were four ten-year-old girls enjoying the festival uh, when the violence erupted. Right. So um, the dog escaped from next door. Um, released, I have heard, by a two-year-old from next door, uh, and ran over and. Produced mayhem in the flock of chickens. I'm trying to grab the dog. She keeps slipping away and bounding around because she's a high-energy Great Dane. Um, Most of the birds flew up like onto the roof of the shed or into a tree or whatever. Yes, a key element of the story. Most Uh, of them opted for plan A if you're a bird. (laughs) Which is up. Yes, which is up (laughs) to use the unique tools you are given 
The tools right. that the Caninus domesticus does not share. So there's only so far up a canine can go. Right. Where a guinea fowl, a guinea hen, can go much more up right. than a dog can. Right. Sometimes they go up like 150 feet into trees and stuff. Hank <laughs> chose the road Hank. less taken. <laughs> Hank panicked. Hank decided to <laughs> sprint. I should have used and use physical attributes he was not given. <laughs> Hank uh, went uh, one up by land. Hank decided to sprint away from the dog. And, and he sprinted to uh, the front steps of another house. Another neighbor across the that street. That we from us. don't know very well. We that- didn't used to know. Now we have a bond <laughs> no. forever. So Hank is down here and is uh, right in front of the neighbor's house making Hank, loud noises. Hank runs to the neighbor's house. Hold on. Runs to the neighbor's house to the front door, the front porch door, we'll say, right. of the neighbor's house. Hank then is does not have the tools to open the door <laughs> and is out of options. Farley is closing. Farley closes in and... Uh, Grabs Hank by the neck, is shaking Hank around by the neck. Oh, so you don't have to be. be you asked for a blow by blow. I, you don't have to get grabbed. Okay. People are, have lives to okay. live here. Okay. A anyway, vicious murder occurred. But, but did not entirely uh, kill Hank, Hank. Okay. Okay. And then okay. you don't want to get to that part? One okay. Hank was viciously mauled by Farley. Mm-hmm. At some point, Farley was detached from the situation, mm-hmm. apprehended. Hank, the crime scene was gruesome. Blood mm-hmm. and feathers abound. And Hank uh, is not dead. But right, because that would be too simple. <laughs> so Hank is not quite dead. So now this neighbor who we've never formally met now <laughs> hears the clutter, the sound of a violent murder at his front door, sees the speckled blood, you know, on this on the on the paint of his house. Makes the quick decision to go, and this is our hello to this neighbor. How you doing? We just moved in. This is our version of that. <laughs> he then goes, runs to the back of the house, gets a cutting board and an axe. Alice holds Hank's, uh, you know, his uh, thrashing body down. Right. The guy then. Down comes the axe, uh, like uh, Mary, Queen of Scots. Is that the one who got the axe? Or mm-hmm. she got a sword? I yeah, don't know. She was beheaded, yes. Right, okay. Bang. Off goes Hank's head. And that was our entree. Oh, we got to return that book to him. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the end of, uh, that was our formal introduction to that neighbor as we bonded, or as Alice bonded in a traumatic moment. I was nowhere to be found. <laughs> Typical. Because I figured when the girls got dropped off, by the dads or the moms, then I would have to interact. And then, so I was safely ensconced two towns away, thankfully. So that was our that was the the fun tea party that the rest of the girls saw. <laughs> the entire tea table and all uh, all of the attendees were covered in uh, Hank blood. That's not true. <laughs> that's, that's not <laughs> overly dramatic, but it was a. Not your typical uh, 10-year-old's tea party, let's right. just say. But now we're really good friends with that neighbor, so there you go. So now listen, so our other neighbor, whose dog Farley is, who we love, we hang out with these guys, they're our friends. You listen to this. This is what I 
<laughs> I had heard that she was really upset over the death. So that she was upset that our that her dog had jumped over and killed our guinea hen. So I so I texted her. I decided to intimidate her by oh not intimidate, to razz her by text. And so I texted her. Hold on. Hold on. This is good audio of you looking for your text. <laughs> oh, I'm going. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I need uh it's really entertaining. I'm glad. I, we so cut I text her. I decided since, I, since I heard she felt guilty, I I decided to text her and taunt her because she didn't know that I had been informed or whatever. So I texted Alice and her, we are in this thread, and her husband, saying, this has been a tough week at work. I can't wait to finally get home, relax, and hug my emotional support guinea hen, Hank. To which she responds, and this is the low, vile humor of today's modern woman, uh, modern housewife slash professional woman. This wouldn't have been tolerated in the past, Alice. There were laws. She said, I said, uh, I can't wait to get home and relax and hug my emotional support guinea hen Hank. She said, replies to me, you still can. He's not as warm. <laughs> a cold, vicious, wow. rapist wit at work right there. That's what that was, Alice. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. So we honor Hank tonight, this Sunday or Monday, depending on what day it is for mm -hmm. you. And uh, Hank, you're a good guinea hen. You made a bad choice at a critical moment, and we can all learn from that. Uh, you know, you, that's true. Play to your strengths. <clears throat> yep. Use what you have, Hank. Especially when mm -hmm. a big Goliath of a dog yeah. is you playing to his strengths. It behooves. Oh, yes, yes, dear. Um, I just wanted to. Um, I said this to you earlier, but I think we should point it out too. Today is Forgiveness Sunday. It's the beginning of Eastern Orthodox Lent. And this is when we ask each other for forgiveness. So, oh, so uh, since I'm not a subscriber, <laughs> are you going to apologize to me for some of the many I'm sins? Gonna, I'm going to ask you for your forgiveness, Tom. For which egregious act? And we don't been have many. to get. You have we. How about the squeezing have of to the ask hand for forgiveness? For How about everything? the squeezing of the hand? Do you forgive me for squeezing your hand? Hmm. You realize how that angle of squeeze was incredibly painful, especially since you could have done straight on where it got in the fleshy part of my this hand. Is, in case you, you don't were know, squeezing bones. In that case was all you don't bones. Know, this is Tom's complaint: is about how I squeezed his hand during labor, like literal labor, where I was giving birth to a human child, and he's upset about how I squeezed his hand. So, do you forgive me for? It squeezing would have taken the most minor of adjustments to alleviate the pain I felt. I'm sorry that I. Hurt. I don't know that you could, <laughs> you can even imagine that kind of pain, else. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a lot of pressure on a hand. Top tip was like this. Okay. I'm sorry that I hurt you. Do you forgive me? I want. I want to table the hand one because that's a big one. Let's see one of the other things you've done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> This doesn't uh, have to be. Although the early church did practice public confession. What was you know? the one that we talked about on the podcast that you had done? That I, that is that was it was on. Oh, the pizza! <laughs> oh my God, getting the pizza with peppers, which was not me? the pizza that Do I. Do you forgive me for getting pizza with peppers on it? Will you forgive <sighs> me? I'd like to ask for your forgiveness. Okay, let's table that one too. How about the getting the iced fee? We'll do that one. Oh, when you asked for iced I fee. I asked Allison to in 2010 to get me an iced fee. 
Which means that, iced coffee. That was my vernacular for saying iced coffee. But I was not informed in advance about the vernacular. Right. So I thought he said iced tea. Isn't Right. <laughs> but I meant iced fee. I was an iced coffee. So I brought him an iced tea, which he actually liked. It turned out to be not bad. But I that's not what I asked for. <laughs> that's true. Right. I'm sorry that I got you the wrong drink. Will you forgive me? I forgive you for that particular sin. Thank you. Um I think this world would be a better place if we all could ask each other for our forgiveness from time to time without cancel culture and mobs and forgive each other. That's um, my thought. You're going to lose day. your forgiveness, Alice. This uh, <laughs> um, sermon but, continues. But if you have anything you need Tom to forgive you for, you can reach out to him on the Burn Barrel Twitter. That's at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can email us, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com, or check us out on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.